0: Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Ant and I'm here with my two friends, Will and Anna. Hello. Hello. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. (laughs) This week we're talking about the year 1632. And as is custom and uh, I think law, uh, (laughs) I'd like each of us to give our three word preview of what we're discussing
1: today. Will. Will. Big love palace. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: very close to mine, actually. You'll see in a bit. Anna? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a moment to get over that. Uh, My three words are, it totally moves. (laughs) It totally moves. It totally moves. Invention of the wheel? (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about 250,000 BC, right? Um, When was the wheel invented?
0: My three words are, no more hanky-panky.
2: No more hanky-panky. He's done it again yep. with the hyphenation. You're
1: welcome. I'm learning. I'm learning so much. I'm really
2: proud That's of you. That's the opposite.
1: That's what you'd be told as you're leaving the big love palace. <laughs> it definitely moves.
2: <laughs> Thank you for coming. No oh. more
1: hanky-panky.
2: The wheel was invented, by the way, between 4500 and 1550 BC. So oh. I was I was only off by several orders of magnitude. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Well, mine's completely made up then. <laughs> really? That recently? Like 10,000 yeah. BC? Yeah. Interesting.
2: No, forty-five
1: hundred. Forty-five hundred BC. Yeah. To fifteen thousand BC. To
2: fifteen fifty BC. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: That's so recent. They're just using yeah. like ice skates before then. Or
2: <laughs> yeah. Like skis. The sledges. Wow.
1: Cool. I, we, maybe we should request permission to extend no. the years we're allowed to look at at some point God, in the future. God, should, God, we, no. should we start? with I 1632? think we should
2: too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right. So let's pretend for a minute if we could cast ourselves back in time to London in the seventeenth century.
2: Oh, cobly blimey Governor
0: <laughs> Exactly that. The wheel everywhere, obviously, has yeah. been there. Yeah. Uh, and I think like well like iPhone generation one.
2: Yeah, iPhone one, yeah. Yeah.
0: TikTok's not a thing, you know, this stage probably not. Um not much to do, therefore. Uh so what do you think is one of the major attractions for the wealthy in London?
2: The Elgin Marbles. The Elgin Marbles. Had they been stolen from the Parthenon <laughs> at that Probably, point? Probably <laughs> yes.
1: Well, town wells with cholera in. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a close second to what I will be talking about, which
0: is brothels.
2: Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: in particular, I'm going to talk about one very famous, very large, very expensive, and extremely popular brothel. And Nandos Yeah there's loads of jokes here Like you know Insert your mum joke Yeah here kind yeah of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah But I am talking about Nan- No not Nandos um, <laughs> Holland's Leaguer Which was a Dutch Slash English brothel In mm. London Established in 1603 In a military encampment uh, Why Dutch? Um I mean, you know, I guess, you know, they're sort of
2: famous sem- for brothels. Are they? I guess so. Well, I mean like the red light district and on stuff. Clog on Clog action. Clog on Clog action. <laughs> All those windmills. All those
0: windmills. Oh. Anyway, um Liger just means military encampment by the way. Uh and it was located in a former manor house in the old Paris Garden in Southwark by the Thames, mm. uh, right in the river, and it was located in Bankside, which was then part of what was called the Liberty of the Clink. So, wow. uh the the clink was not under the jurisdiction of London itself, but instead the bishop of Winchester uh, had control of it. And it was also the home of a very famous prison called the clink. Hence oh. why ah. we get the term clink meaning prison to this day.
2: Fascinating. So it was that's why the prison why. was called the clink.
1: The so is, where where is, is this in London? Uh, Southwark. Yeah. This is Southwark. So,
0: so so south of the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and uh, because it was there, it was beyond the control of London civil authorities, and thus some things that were banned were allowable there. Um, it's kind of like, you know, putting your boat offshore during Prohibition so you could <laughs> Yeah, stuff, I bet yeah. they did. Um, and it was Bishop Henry of Blas, uh, bl- <laughs> Blos, Blos, Blois, Blois, B-L-O-I-S. Blois. Uh, Blois. Bishop Henry of Blois. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Henry. Bishop Henry. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it turns out I'm an absolute idiot. <laughs> okay, Bishop Henry was granted the power to license prost- license prostitutes and brothels by King Henry the First, um, which he did judiciously. The bishop, the licensed bishop brothels. was able to license, wow. so you could be an officially licensed, holding a warrant from the bishop to be a prostitute or run a brothel, and he made a lot of money. Yeah, he made a lot of money. Um, and does anyone want to guess what the colloquial name for the prostitutes of the liberty of the clink were
1: euphemistically called? The, is it the something of the clink?
0: It's not.
2: It's not. The it's clink- not. I'll
1: give I'll give you okay. <laughs> the cats. <clinkets. laughs> that's pretty
2: good. Yeah.
0: I will give you a I'll give you some permutations. So Thank you. you've got a location and animal. Ooh. So that's oh, the combination.
2: Okay. This southern Marmosets,
1: southern marmosets, yes. Uh-huh. Will um, oh, the southern hedgehogs.
2: Southern hedgehogs. I love that a video game adaptation. Don't be so
0: stupid. They were the Winchester geese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that is that real? That thing? is
0: really true. That's amazing. And, and as a result, if you got goosebumps, that was uh, code for veneer oh disease. Oh my and god. Pecked to death by wild. Is geese. that where that comes from? That yeah, uh, well, no. No, goosebumps itself was a thing already. Okay, but like, okay, it, okay. if you said, "Oh, I got a bit of goosebumps," that it could could mean that you oh, were okay. you know wow. a bit chilly, or perhaps went to the clink for some hanky some panky. Hedgehogs. Some of the, so, so, some southern hedgehogs. Southern um, hedgehogs. So uh, it, it was. It was all out lowly activity in this area. Really, mm. there was uh, a theatre which was (laughs) the lowliest of activities which was the globe the globe nice exactly and there's some other ones there as well um uh, shakespeare obviously big lad about town around the globe Uh, christopher marlowe etc you know all those guys yeah yeah. words and the acting and the emotions and stuff oh i
2: feel like this is the thing where you're about to say it's all wrong
0: no it's true okay um uh, excitingly it was also legal to conduct bull and Bear baiting, which uh, was a great draw for people, a bit of theatre, a bit of bear baiting. And it is when you put a bull in a pit or a bear in a pit and they fight dogs in a pit or other animals or sometimes humans. And it was just a bit grim, Um, but great entertainment for the 17th century. Again, no TikTok. So what were we going (laughs) to do? So the Liberty was a playground for debauchery, depravity and... should have another D word I feel Mm. there ducks (laughs) and thus the Holland's Leaguer was founded uh, and it was established by this matriarch of the brothel called Elizabeth Bess Holland and so it was kind of named after her the Holland Leaguer um, she was a phenomenal businesswoman, and she was linked with the Dutch underworld. So she was apparently the wife of some shady character in the Dutch underworld. Interesting.
2: It's convenient that her surname is Harley. I was just <laughs> about to say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like okay. Yeah, so I guess so it she was
0: Dutch. She established this in the former Knights Templar manor house, which was a very grand affair, complete with moat and drawbridge and portcullis gate. It was also once owned by Henry VIII's third wife, Jane Seymour. The only wow. one
2: he ever loved.
0: The only one he ever loved. So she she lived there and owned it. And then she uh, gave it up to the Knights Templar or vice versa. I'm not sure which one.
2: <laughs> vice versa. Probably. Vice, yeah. Knights Templar probably were first. Well, she, um, Jane Seymour, of 1632, she would have been only like a few decades before this. So. She could have been a Knight
0: Templar too, you're right. She could have been. <laughs> someone should do uh, the research. Someone
2: look into that.
0: But it was decadent and it was opulent. It was expensive. And it did boast that it provided, and I quote, luxurious surroundings, good food, clean linen, and modern plumbing, which is essential, I find, in a brothel.
2: Yeah, you don't want brothels with bad plumbing. Oh,
0: yeah. Or the smell is bad enough already, I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was very high class indeed. The clientele included the likes of King James the First and George Villiers, First Duke of Buckingham. So... You know, it wasn't, like, you just, just... I mean, that yeah, that's yeah. a pretty shishy brothel. If the king's coming to your brothel, yeah. it's, it's going to be a it's it's pretty, pretty good brothel, I'm assuming. That linen great, was clean. Great, like, snacks, I'm
2: assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they had a pizza oven there, <laughs> I think. The, the, the that sushi that goes like, around. Oh, sort of yeah, like the su- su- sushi it was the first sushi conveyor <laughs> it was, yeah. ever.
0: So the year prior to the year in question, 1632, was the, the year 1631. Okay. Um, but during Shrove Tuesday... Uh, Shrove Tuesday being uh, the day before Lent um, uh, or Pancake Day,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
0: as it's known now. Um, and it was customary for the apprentices of all the guilds. You know, you had the cobblers, you had the candlestick makers, you had the uh, pan Blas, makers, the butchers, the, bakers. the butchers, the bakers, the madams, uh, ma- mechanics, I guess. Um, but it was famous for them to get like blackout drunk, eat a lot of pancakes, <laughs> run riot and just just cause chaos. And so they attacked and damaged the brothel. and so it was then sort of this topic that people were aware of is in the zeitgeist. Mm. and it wasn't kind of just off the fringes anymore. It was kind of like rearing its head It's like, oh, the brothel's still here, and it's been damaged and you know, there's lots of revelry and all that kind of stuff. um so it was no longer protected by that cloak of anonymity and the liberty. and it was you know in December nineteen sixty one, King Charles the First in an act of like, total like prudishness and you know decided it was it needs to be shut down and so he sent soldiers there and as we all know sending soldiers to a brothel
2: (laughs) is a great idea
0: (laughs) definitely 10 out of 10 no
2: notes
0: (laughs) so uh, what Bess Holland did in response to this she raised the bridge over the moat and some of the soldiers fell into the water some of the soldiers fell into the brothel they had dramatically different fates for the next (laughs) for the next month of the siege by the way yeah a month they
2: got stuck in the brothel for a month
0: it was hell on earth for them (laughs) (laughs) they had nowhere to go isn't
1: this literally a monty python (laughs) (laughs) sketch
2: this definitely happens in holy
0: grail So yeah, the siege lasts for a month until such time as basically the wine ran out. And um, this is totally preposterous. I, I know, but it happened. I it's love thing this so much. Um,
2: Sorry, how did the siege run out? Ran out when the when the wine ran basically, out. Basically, yeah, the wine ran out. Would and, you like, keep sieging if you didn't have any more wine? No, <laughs> this is so
0: ridiculous. Uh, 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 and it, it was finally finished. They had enough. I said okay, January sixteen thirty two a month later. Dry January. Dry January. Yeah. The, right. Yeah, they're all doing like sober January for Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um veganary. Yeah. Um, well and, and, and so Bess Holland, under the cover of darkness, fled and she evaded the authorities. Um not much is known about what she went to next, other than it's stated that she did open up another brothel Good. elsewhere sure. yeah. um, because, you know, you know, it's, it is extremely profitable.
2: It was her calling. It was her
0: calling. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that shut that down, unfortunately. And as a result, um, prostitution has ended completely. Uh, oh, that's, when that's when it finished that's when it finished that's when it yeah, finished yeah, that's yeah when I it can't finished. think of another after that <laughs> but if you stand on the steps of the Tate Modern today okay um, so one of the theatres that did exist at the time was the Swan Theatre which is actually massive way bigger than the Globe I think 2-3 two, two, thousand mm-hmm. people could fit in there wow it would have been about a hundred yards in front of you uh, there's a new office block there now so it's, it's no longer there and the Holland Leaguer would have been a short walk just kind of behind you oh, yeah. um, it doesn't exist anymore it is gone but its name is preserved today in holland street oh. which is close to the where area. it was
2: that's very cool
0: there you go and that is the story of the holland leaguer brothel being shut down
2: <laughs> every time i go south of the thames i get trapped in a brothel so this was a very this is very resonant story yeah. for me well,
0: that says a lot about you <laughs> that is amazing isn't <laughs> why it
2: why i don't go south of
1: the river <laughs> it's the last it's the last something like eight times isn't it that yeah been there.
2: yeah no every I, time i know it's like i have a punch card and i'm know, waiting for my 10th visit or something it's uh, bizarre
1: is it is it bizarre <laughs> hmm. we should do guided tours for board members What of the brothels of south london no. <laughs> <laughs> of, of... yes <laughs> The Tate Modern of of the historical area that you have addressed. Oh yeah, and spoke yeah we could about. do, yeah. we totally could do. There must be, there must be. Yeah, P- Pub crawl.
2: <laughs> um, that was an excellent story. I liked that very much. I today am also talking about a brothel. Really? No, I'm talking about Galileo. <laughs>
0: okay
2: you got me there <laughs> uh specifically i'm talking about the galileo affair mm-hmm. not uh, not that kind of affair and the inquisition and the Ooh. question of which heavenly body rotates around what
0: so i mean there's definitely
2: a pickup line in there <laughs> yeah there's a heavenly bodies joke <laughs> uh, Bess holland would have picked right up on that galileo galilei was born in pisa in 1564 he thought about joining the priesthood, but his father persuaded him to study medicine instead, and deliberately kept him away from maths because physicians earned more money than mathematicians. Yeah, makes sense. But as has happened to the best of us, uh, Galileo accidentally attended a lecture on geometry, and he fell in love <laughs> <laughs> with
0: hey, maths. Hey, when that happened, I know. Hey, when that
2: happened, I've been there. Uh, he is, of course, famous for his many incredible scientific discoveries and theories. He studied speed and motion and inertia and pendulums and all that good stuff. He made better telescopes. He invented the thermoscope. He invented thermoscope. different
0: compasses. Is that like a thermoscope. Scope the telescope that was warm to the touch so it was you, really just sort of like cold a cold nights like you can, a pr- <laughs> <laughs> your eyelids yeah. were not it was
2: actually be a mood ring it was the very first <laughs> mood ring yeah it was like oh i guess i'm feeling angry today um no it was like a uh, proto thermometer oh okay yeah. um he discovered the four biggest moons of jupiter Which he named the Medician Stars.
0: Are you kidding me? In
2: honor of his patron, Cosimo de Medici. Fucking Cosimo again! (laughs) He's everywhere! Put that in there just for you, Ant.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh,
2: But he is, of course, most famous for his defense of the theory of the motion of the universe. And at this time, there are two main schools of thought. There was Aristotelian cosmology or the geocentric, the Ptolemaic model that held that the Earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around it. This was firmly the position of the Catholic Church. The other school of thought was heliocentrism, the model published by Copernicus in 1543 that had the sun at the center of the universe with the planets orbiting around Mm. it.
0: Which one kind of what is it?
2: Well, do you want to know what's really depressing? What's that? Because we've talked about this before in the question of the moon landing. I have mm. some poll numbers. Oh, no. About no. how... Yeah. So, okay. Oh, Spoiler no. alert. It's heliocentric. Everything revolves around the sun. <laughs> what's uh, your opinion. <laughs> um, but uh, I have some depressing poll numbers. I've got uh, for Americans, Britons, and Russian. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26% of Americans
0: think that the
2: sun revolves around the earth.
0: That is in, that is insane. <laughs> yeah. That is not even that's just they've misread the question.
2: <laughs> Britain is a little bit better. 19%. Okay. And what do you think? Russians higher or lower?
1: I I think Please. Russians might be better than both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think better than both. Incorrect. Oh, okay.
0: 32%
2: that's of crazy. Russians think the sun revolves around the earth. That is crazy. What? No. Like, I don't know who they're polling in these. This is like,
0: one in five people in the UK yeah, yeah. think that the sun yeah. rotates around the earth. Yeah.
2: Well, because if you look in the sky, it goes, we. So what are you telling me? That it's the earth that's spinning? Come on.
0: Look, for those of you that are listening to this in the UK, just... Cop on.
2: Just be better. Um <laughs> I think the I think the earth revolves around will. Huh. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> okay, so those are uh some very depressing poll numbers. Yeah. But anyway, in the early 1600s like It was it was hard to prove. Right. We had telescopes, but they were fairly primitive, although Galileo made better ones. Um, And he's doing a lot of experiments. There's a lot of uh, measuring parallax of stars and looking at what moves. And he's as he's doing these experiments, he's realizing, yeah, Copernicus is totally right. The uh, Earth revolves around the sun and Galileo then starts to become a little more vocal about this belief In 1613, he writes a letter to one of his students explaining that the Bible was an authority, but on faith and morals, not on science. Yeah,
0: makes sense, because it doesn't really mention anything about science.
2: (laughs) Well, so the the crux of it all for the church is is like the creation story, right? And, you know, God made the heavens and the earth. And there are like a couple of two or three lines where if you interpret it very literally the earth must be fixed. And so they couldn't, it had to be that everything was orbiting around it.
0: Or, you know, the book was wrong.
2: Okay, well, you're going to the Inquisition. (laughs) So, yeah, these letters get circulated widely, including to the Inquisition, who declare in 1616 that heliocentrism is heretical because it contradicts Scripture. I
0: bet he did not expect that.
2: Uh, um, Well, so he was actually a a religious man. I think it's easy to kind of think of these scientists who go against church doctrine as being yeah heretics they're atheists they're whatever he was a catholic um but he just also really liked science so pope paul v tells galileo that he has to abandon the theory he can't talk about heliocentrism he can't publish anything about it he's just got to like renounce it and be quiet And for the next several years, he pretty much does that. Um, he doesn't publish anything. He kind of stops his research and his experiments in that realm. But in 1623, one of Galileo's former patrons becomes the Pope, Pope Urban Eighth. So Galileo... Was he, like, in
0: a lot of streetwear?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he was just like, he really encouraged um, graffiti yeah, throughout yeah, the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he always had a boombox on his shoulder. Um, <laughs>
0: there hasn't been a boombox in 20 years Anna
2: well w- good thing we're talking about 1623 fair. uh th- I'm not cool <laughs> if you haven't figured that out by now just, you haven't been listening <laughs> so Pope Urban VIII uh is in power Galileo is feeling a little more bold mm. he gets into a little feud with a Jesuit priest named Father Orazio Grassi about comets yeah, yeah. as you do. A number know. of arguments I've been yeah. about comets. Oh, I know. That feud you're having is just, just <laughs> tedious. You just to need stage, to end yeah. it, you and Hallie. the <laughs> time I tripped
1: up and stumbled into a geometry lecture. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I was arguing for hours and hours.
2: So Grassi writes a paper under the pseudonym Sarsi that disputes a lot of Galileo's ideas. And Galileo responds with a work called The Assayer, which is essentially a diss track. It's like he just... <laughs> Picks apart every single argument, slams sarsi Do you guys want some examples? Is it like Eight Mile? (laughs) It is basically Eight Mile. If you can imagine Galileo in a hoodie with his microphone, you know, up to his absolutely, I can. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'll break break you off a little piece. Now Sarcy expects my mind to be satisfied and set at rest by a little poetic flower that is not followed by any fruit at all. Wow. That's one.
0: Not exactly mom's (laughs) spaghetti, is it?
2: (laughs) Two, if Sarcy and others think that certainty of a conclusion extends much assistance in the discovery of some means for realizing it, let them study history.
1: (sighs) They're actually quite bad on it, they? <laughs> they're pretty bad yeah they're not not like pithy,
2: <laughs> so it turns out the whole thing but is actually it is really interesting, and the way he picks apart the argument is excellent.
0: your commitment to to performing it <laughs> is, is very admirable thank you
2: i i practice it for hours <laughs> i entered a rap battle actually <laughs> i lost um, but pope urban eats it up he loves this uh, and apparently he would read sections of the assayer out loud to friends at dinner <laughs> so first of all boring dinners from the pope second of all galileo is feeling more confident the pope really likes him so he starts to take up the heliocentrism stuff again he starts writing a book Urban actually asks him to include arguments for and against heliocentrism, and the writing is officially authorized by the Inquisition. Oh. So, you know, he's yeah, thinking, yeah. okay, they asked me. Now, the book is published in 1632, the year mm-hmm. in question, and it's called Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief World Systems. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You read it? I was made to read this at some point. Oh, were you really?
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, so, as you know, Will, uh, it's a dialogue between three characters – Salviati, who is the Galileo stand-in, who argues for Copernican heliocentrism. Sagredo, an intelligent layman who is initially neutral. And then (laughs) Simplicio, (laughs) who argues the traditional Aristotelian view. And if you couldn't tell from the name, uh, Simplicio is the one who is constantly ridiculed by the other two. He trips over his own logic. He makes bad arguments. He actually has the last line of the book, which is that God could have made the universe any way he wanted, and still he made it appear to us the way it does. And this was Pope Urban's favorite argument. Mm. So Galileo has essentially put the Pope's words into the mouth of the objectively stupidest character, (laughs) which was not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, So Urban is furious. He bans the book. The case goes to the Inquisition. Galileo is called to Rome to defend himself. uh, And in 1633, he's put on trial. They threaten him with torture if he doesn't tell the truth, but he maintains incredibly that he kept his promise from... 20 years ago not to hold any of the condemned opinions about heliocentrism even though like very clearly he doesn't hold them them. (laughs) yeah and i mean the guy's name was salviati it wasn't galileo (laughs) uh the inquisition doesn't buy it and he's found quote vehemently suspect of heresy which means that he's not formally charged with heresy so he wasn't executed um, but instead, he's sentenced to house arrest, where he remained for the rest of his life. The dialogue was banned, as were all of his other books, past and future. So yeah. no more from Galileo. Uh,
0: and how long was he under house arrest for, do we know? Uh,
2: he lived like 10 more years okay. into his 70s. Because yeah, yeah. Um, he was, yeah, he was already fairly And old they were
1: banned for point. ages.
2: Yeah. Well, and then this whole thing kind of goes away for like a century or more, because just no one wants to get got by the Inquisition. (laughs) Um and so they yeah, they were banned forever and also nobody really cared for a while. Um then of course there is the probably apocryphal legend uh that after they made him recant his theory, he muttered E pur si muove, which means, and yet it moves. So after Mm. he's just said, you know, the the earth doesn't revolve. Yeah, which is it's cool. It's probably false, but I do want to believe it because I think it's just badass. Um, And that means by my calculation, this makes him the only person to have two episodes of West Wing named for him. (laughs) The very excellent season two episode called Galileo and the totally forgettable later episode named (laughs) Percy (laughs) Muove. And he dies in 1642 after about a decade in house arrest and three fingers and a tooth were removed from his remains and they're on display at his museum in Florence. If that's a thing you're into.
0: Why? (laughs) why No, do like,
2: it turns out there's just like bits of people in museums all over the place
0: but that's so bizarre it's like oh he's dead what would we take a memento should we take like a lock of hair maybe or a whole <laughs> hand no let's take three, three fucking fingers three
2: fingers <laughs> and a tooth and a tooth yeah maybe that's all they could grab while do they were burying do you think that our
0: fingers and teeth will be in display in any history museums one
2: of mine already is
0: what <laughs> what <laughs> oh is that when you had your narwhal tusk <laughs> taken out uh, of the, uh... course
2: yes because you were betusked <laughs> yes. as a child i, was, I yes. was betusked as a child it yes. was a very painful surgery dentistry uh, but yeah. nobody talked about my lump anymore which is good <laughs> and that is the whole story of galileo galileo
1: amazing
0: <laughs> we're gonna get copyright for that. Yeah. i
2: wanted to do that the whole time <laughs>
1: This week, I'm going to talk about the Taj Mahal,
2: Uh -uh.
1: the big love palace. (laughs) (laughs) And the Taj Mahal was commissioned in 1631 by the Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan to house the tomb of his favourite wife. That's Mm. right. He had more than one wife. Uh, Mumtaz Mahal. And it's also got the tomb of Shah Jahan in it himself. So it's where he was uh, interred. And the current name, the Taj Mahal, comes from the Persian words for crown palace. So it literally just means the royal palace. But at the time, in perso arabic language... Uh which is probably kind of you in your area. Well, I know maybe. what
2: Mumtaz means. <gasps>
1: what does Mumtaz mean? So if mean?
2: Mahala means palace, Mumtaz would be like the great one of the palace or the exalted something. something
1: yeah, yeah, so it, it would mean something like that um, if it was called that at the time, which it okay. wasn't. So in, at the time in, in the Perso-Arabic language they spoke around there, it was called a Rodai Munawari.
2: Pass. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Our boss, which uh, translates as illustrious tomb, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, sure. So it's obviously. The Taj Mahal it's a very famous building indeed and probably if like, rather than rather than trying to describe the whole thing no could you please just paint a picture
2: I'm just really of... I'm loving the idea of Will starring in like a tourism advert like the Taj Mahal a very famous building indeed
0: we don't need to elaborate any further come and visit it do you like famous buildings Boy, we have, have one we here one. <laughs> Taj Mahal famous I, building I didn't like
1: buildings until I accidentally stumbled into an architectural <laughs> lesson. <laughs>
0: Before
2: that, it. it was just mud huts. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> So this one sits as the centerpiece of a 42-acre complex that has a mosque in and a guest house and these beautiful gardens. And it's bounded on three sides by a be- this crenellated wall. And it's just the absolute business, basically. It's just top, top palacing. And it's, it's re- really good stuff. So the, the Trip con-
2: advisor, five out of five. It was oh, on, like,
1: America's next top palace. <laughs> <Yeah>. America's <laughs> next top building. And the construction took about 11 years. And it was essentially That's completed pretty good. by... 1643, uh, because um, if I didn't make it clear earlier, the construction actually started in 1632, which is the question. And the work for the rest of it took, so the rest of the whole complex took about another 10 years or so. But here is a question for you. Can you guess how much the Taj Mahal would have cost today if we were to build it today? It's got to be... Have a think. Ants.
0: I'm going to say in today's money, it's going to be like... 340,000 pounds. 340,000 pounds. <laughs> Sterling.
2: One of the most beautiful and elaborate buildings No, I, of all no time. Serious
0: answer, five billion, I'm serious. Five say. billion. Five
2: billion. How much did um, Crossrail overrun? <laughs> <laughs> we could have had another Taj Mahal.
1: For international listeners, Crossrail is a major rail and construction project. Yeah, but it's really hmm. worth it because they're saving 12 minutes on a journey to a
0: okay, city that right, nobody's right.
2: <laughs> Um I'm going to say, Ant said, five billion. Uh-huh. I think they did it on the cheap. I'm going to say two billion.
1: You are closest, Anna. The answer is one billion pounds. Wow. Almost bang on or 1.2 billion US dollars. I mean,
2: that's like, that's pretty good.
1: Pretty good. Although I would imagine the cost of the land might be huge these days. And obviously in those days, maybe super cheap. Uh, But yeah, that's how much it costs. And it now attracts about 7 million visitors a year and was declared a winner of the new Seven Wonders of the World initiative. Cool. The winner of it. Oh. Pretty good achievement. Pretty good. Yeah. And anyway, so back to poor Shah Jahan. So he made the decision to build the the palace when his wife died on the 17th of June of that previous year, uh, 1631. And she had died giving birth, which of course is tragic. But something that's quite interesting is how many children she'd had. So can can you guess how many children she'd had?
2: um uh, i got uh, Six?
1: 14 she was on a 14th child so very good effort obviously God. tragic but like she must be extremely good effort
2: jesus she deserves a building <laughs> and it is
1: built on a parcel of land to the south of the wall a walled city of agra and the scaffold was so enormous to build the thing mm-hmm. that the foreman expected it to take years just to dismantle the Scaffold. Yeah. So according to legend, Shah Jahan then decreed that anyone who could, uh, anyone could keep the bricks taken from the scaffold. And so all the peasants swarmed onto yeah, it and dismounted okay. it in a single night.
0: That's incredible. I
2: mean, that's smart. That's, that's just good smart. good business sense. Crowdsourcing.
1: And- Crowdsourcing. <laughs> yeah,
2: they recruited a bunch of peasants on Fiverr and said, go
1: at it. <laughs> it's constructed using materials from all over India and Asia. And it's believed that more than a thousand elephants were used to transport building materials. Some 22,000 labourers, painters, embroidery artists and stone cutters took part in the construction. That's a lot of people, a lot of of elephants. And there is a, obviously, well, if you were to look at it, uh, it looks mostly to be made of translucent sort of white marble. uh, And that was all brought from Makrana in Rajasthan. There's Jasper from the Punjab, uh, Jade and Crystals from China. Uh, there's turquoise from Tibet. Sorry, who's Jasper? <laughs> yeah,
2: was Jasper one of the elephants? <laughs>
1: ja- Jasper's from the Punjab. Oh. I think he's the foreman.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's sapphire from Sri Lanka and all sorts from loads of places. And the, in, in all total, there's about 28 different types of s- semi-precious and precious stones inlaid there's in the dirt white from <laughs> some dirt from
2: England. That's dirt from England.
1: You're welcome. Pure British mud.
2: Yes. Uh, there's mud. pebbles from brighton beach. Actually,
0: there's actually a millionaire from ireland that 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 sold mud to americans because really yeah so we'll if you buy want to anything. like bury someone that died from irish heritage you could buy uh, a bit of the irish soil uh, and cast it on that's their grave such a good idea and so we just package up dirt and then ship it across killing the planet obviously and make a
1: fortune. You've even better that just hustle, like though. dig it up in new jersey that's or something Probably what <laughs> it was. that's probably what it was yeah, yeah. So there have been, unfortunately, a bunch of threats to the place over the years, including like the rising water level and when someone thought it would be a good idea to build an oil refinery right next door. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they've managed to protect it, the palace from all of those. And is they're... it on,
2: sorry, on the rising water level, is it on the water?
1: Yeah, it's surrounded by like some pretty high water okay. and like, high yeah, cool. So there was also a bunch of constri- controversy in 2017 when the Uttar Pradesh government uh, didn't include it in its official tourists book about the the Uttar Pradesh. They just forgot the biggest thing. It's kind (laughs) of a big one. They didn't forget. So it's like it's slightly wrapped up in some um, this is like fairly controversial in India these days but like you know if if you're on the more like Indian nationalist side of the spectrum Mm. of the political spectrum then this is like this is a, a Mughal monuments oh, rather than so, a hindu so, yeah. thing yeah. so it's gotcha. you know it's wrapped so it's up political. in all of that yeah um so and then a number so a member of parliament at the time called it a blot on the, on the country's culture so it's not universally admired actually wow. I, see. Interestingly. Yeah, okay. I mean it's that's
2: fascinating because like i guess it's hard to strip all of that away but man if you look at the thing it's pretty beautiful
1: <laughs> it's just very cool so most yeah and i think most people would agree it's just a very fascinating and beautiful yeah, and great building. Uh,
0: uh, have, yeah. you, have you guys visited? I've, I've not. No, been. I've never been.
1: I've been to the oil refinery next door. <laughs>
0: of course, pretty, pretty You were impressive. you were
2: the chief uh, drill man. Yeah, when
0: it was the when it was the oil taking. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but then uh, I got out early. I didn't really see it going Yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. What well, oil? Yeah, oil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Worst investment ever.
0: Will,
2: did you work on its construction?
1: I was, um, I advised the foreman. You I did, remember him okay. as a child. Jasper. As a child, uh, <laughs> yes, I taught him everything he knows about okay. lapis lazuli. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to incorporate I, it into I've white marble. By the
0: way, if we didn't do HS2, we could have 42 Taj Mahals <laughs> <laughs> in a line along the route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: You could just. Walk. Arguably, that's better for the people of this country. It could, it could potentially be. <laughs> oh God, it's so good. Again, if you are not in Britain or following British politics, just Google British government rail.
1: That's it. That's it, just British government rail. <laughs> Poor planning. Tars- and, uh, Tars- British government rail, Taj Tars- <laughs> Mahal. Um, Jasper, big, big, the big, elephant. big question. It was <laughs> such a narrow vote that they passed. They had that yeah. option. They said
0: 42 Taj Mahal's are a rail. Yeah, and it, was, it, it went was down to
1: the wire, didn't it? It, it was remarkably close in Parliament. Really Go was. back and read the Hansard on it. Like, American <laughs> listeners,
2: there's so much to learn about British culture. God, I love how this show educates people. We've done a great job today, boys. <laughs> All right. Well, clearly, that is everything you could uh, possibly be expected to know about the year 1632.
1: That's right. And we find it extremely helpful and extremely happy when people take the time to tell their friends about the podcast. I, I think it's just worth mentioning that... Uh, when people do that, it's very valuable, and yes. we would like you to do that again, please, if you possibly can. It makes us happy.
2: Also, Thank send you. us emails. It makes me really happy when we get emails. Yeah, from
1: email Anna. <laughs> yeah, just email me personally. <laughs> I'm I'm like not that. Should bothered we tell either way. people what the email address is? <laughs> oh, Randomly
2: yeah. Ran- generated history at gmail.com.
1: Randomly generated history at gmail.com and yeah if you haven't also left a review yet or left Ooh. a five-star rating that's also really helpful you know all these things doing? just help people find the podcast it's you know more helpful do? than you think
0: we should read out some reviews because there's some crackingly funny yeah. ones as there well. are some really good if ones. you leave a funny five-star review <laughs> you might be right <laughs> out if you leave a four-star one comparing us to an austrian podcast about burgers or something yeah. like that we're not going to read it matt that's you <laughs>
2: <laughs> great so that means that's all all that's left now that we've um threatened our listeners is to choose another <laughs> our next year so i think ant is continuing his apprenticeship with the rng yes,
0: yes. sorry let me just uh light the incense yep uh it's mm, a nice. laser the the oh it's not enough dry ice just yet let it, bill- <laughs> let it billow for a bit okay and yeah we're good um and just to remind you, this is choosing a year between 1000 BCE and 2000 CE. And let me just ignite the fuse. Um, oh, and the year is 1393. Ooh. Oh, 1393. have we had one? We've that had period?
2: 1347. Yes. I believe. Yes. Um, But this is great.
0: I don't remember that one at all.
2: 1347?
1: Yeah, I can't remember Did, Was I there?
2: You were there, yeah. I think that was well. Whatever people can go. People sometimes (laughs) ask
1: if we have learnt much making this podcast. (laughs) The answer is categorically no. We forget instantly everything i mean we heard. can't
2: be expected to listen to our own Jeez, podcast yeah. there's not enough hours <laughs> in the day
0: <laughs> but you should i tell your <laughs> friends and they should too
2: <laughs> great so 1393 will be we'll be on it we'll be fresh we'll be ready to go and we'll see you then
1: see you next week bye